You're listening to episode 41 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about conditional belief. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hello, welcome back. So today we are talking again about weight loss, but more from the mindset aspect. And I've been thinking about this concept of conditional belief. When we make our thoughts and our belief in ourselves and our ability to achieve results, to lose the weight and to keep it off, and we make it conditional on something else. Not only do we have conditional belief, but then we also make our commitment and our action conditional on creating certain results. And when we don't have the belief, we're not going to take the action. So how do we get the belief even when we don't see the results that we want or even when we're taking the action and we haven't yet seen everything compound and come to fruition? Your brain is wired to keep you safe. I've talked a lot about our thinking brain versus our habit brain. Your habit brain is what runs 95% of the show. 95% of what you do, your thoughts, is stored in your habit brain. And it's designed to seek pleasure and avoid pain via the path of least resistance. And that pain can be real or perceived. It can be the threat of pain. And it can be mental, emotional, or physical. So pain could be anger, frustration, fear of what other people are thinking. It could be embarrassment. That's what pain looks like today. It's not just physical pain. It's the pain of being embarrassed in front of your colleagues. It's the pain of what other people are thinking about you. So your brain is wired to keep you safe. And in an effort to do so, it looks for past evidence or proof, not just to start something new or to pursue something you've never done before, but to keep taking action as you're on the journey. It wants that proof. It wants that evidence. Show me, prove to me that I can keep believing. So you've probably heard of SMART goals before, right? I see this a lot around New Year specifically is, you know, your goal needs to be SMART. It needs to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And while having a, quote, SMART goal can create more clarity, which is beneficial, like I mentioned in episode 23, the surprising power of tiny habits is that just setting a, quote, better goal or SMART goal doesn't mean you're actually going to achieve it. We put so much emphasis on the goal without looking at the process to achieve the goal, without looking at how are we thinking and feeling about that goal. We think that there's some magic in creating the perfect goal, and then that's how we're going to create the results that we want without realizing that we have to believe in it first. And so the way that this is set up is I think it's trying to cultivate and create belief in you, but it's not quite saying that. One of the issues that I see with SMART goals in particular is the timeline that you set for it. Because it's supposed to be time-based, we can get really hung up in things not happening fast enough. And so when we look at other people's success stories to create our own goals, we might say, I want to lose 22 pounds in three weeks. I saw on the cover of a magazine, somebody lost 22 pounds in three weeks. So now that's going to be my goal. Or maybe it's, well, in the past, I lost 30 pounds in three months, so I should be able to do that again and actually keep it off this time. We think we just need to try harder. We just need more willpower. And then when you don't hit your goal in that timeline, or when you gain the weight back, or you feel like it's taking too long, things aren't moving fast enough, your belief starts to waver. 
not just in your initial goal, but in your entire ability to lose weight and keep it off. So beliefs are just thoughts that you've thought over and over again. And if our thoughts are optional, so are our beliefs. So your belief wavering doesn't come from the number on the scale. Your belief wavering comes from your thoughts about the scale. And often it has more to do with your timeline than anything. A lot of women I talk to use regaining their weight as proof or evidence as to why they can't do it. Maybe it works for other people. It might work for them, but it won't work for me. Something must be wrong with me. Instead of realizing that a regain is simply showing us two things, either one, where you're emotionally eating, or two, where your process for weight loss to begin with was not sustainable. This is a really interesting to think about this from a God perspective as well. Imagine if you use the same approach with God. I'll keep believing in you, God, but you better prove it to me. You better prove yourself by doing something for me. If you don't, if you don't bring me that new job, spouse, baby, house, whatever it is, then I'm not going to believe in you. I'm going to start to doubt you. I'll question whether you're real or how powerful you are or whether you really are in control of it all because you are not happening in my timeline. You are not proving yourself to me. And that's not how belief works. So if we go back to this example with the scale and weight loss realm, the number on the scale is just data. It's just information. It doesn't mean anything until you give it meaning. So a few weeks ago, I noticed that the scale went up five pounds and then back down within a matter of a week. Monday, it was down. Wednesday, it was up. Friday, it was back down. And in the past, that would have sent me into full-on freakout mode. When the scale was up five pounds, I'd be thinking, oh my gosh, it'd be hardcore restriction time. No carbs, no sugar, extra running, extra punishment. I can't believe this has happened. My belief, confidence, self-trust, and self-love was always at the mercy of the scale. But because I've worked so much more on my relationship with food and my body and myself, the scale, among other things, so much over the last few years, this time was totally different. My belief in my process and my belief in myself didn't waver. I believed that I was in maintenance, and this was not the start of a regain. This was just normal. This is what happens because the scale will go up from time to time, especially because of water retention and my weightlifting schedule, that this is 100% normal and it does not warrant freakout mode and heading straight back into restriction. I also use this as an opportunity to really question, is there any eating that I need to clean up? Are there any urges that I'm giving into? Am I overeating? Where am I emotionally eating? Am I adding in some extra snacking? I can actually get curious and start to question, are there any little things that I need to clean up here? Because again, it's just data. But what I saw and what that week showed me was that no, it was just extra water weight from weightlifting. It wasn't a problem. And so all too often we look at our results and our expected timeline and it creates a feeling of pressure with the thought that I have to get this result in this time frame to prove that I can do it, to prove that it's worth my time, to prove that this is working, to prove that I'm not a failure or hopeless or destined to be stuck in a body I hate forever. We're trying to prove something to ourselves. I need to prove that I'm good enough, prove that I'm pretty enough, thin enough, skinny enough, whatever it is. I need to prove something about myself. When your thought is, I have to prove this to myself, or I have to prove that it'll work, it creates that feeling of pressure. And that leads to quick fix dieting action, like cutting out entire food groups, cutting out your favorite foods, drastically reducing calories, excessive exercise that only triggers your hunger alarm and cravings and causes you to eat more. So you have to hurry up and achieve the results in order to prove something to yourself, which means you're not looking for a process that feels fun, easy, doable, or sustainable. 
the pressure stems from your conditional belief. That's where the pressure is coming from is because your belief was conditional on getting a certain result in a certain time frame. Otherwise, now you're going to doubt. Now you're going to stop believing. You'll believe, but only as long as the results happen fast enough. And when they don't, based on your timeline and potentially and most likely your mismanaged expectations, and I'm, I'm saying this because, look, if I can spot it, I got it. I do this too. I also have mismanaged expectations. So I want you to know that this is part of having a human brain, is that we are going to have unrealistic expectations. So based on that, you stop believing and you end up slowing down your process. You make it harder on yourself to lose the weight and actually keep it off for life because you are unwilling to believe from the outset and to maintain that belief all throughout. And you're trying to earn something from the scale, whether it's approval, validation, proof, or evidence. And all too often, you allow your emotions to be driven by your weight that day. How many times have you gotten on the scale and it's gone down and you feel excited and you're like, yes, this is amazing. This is working. I feel awesome. Great job. And we praise ourselves and we're like, yeah. And how many times have you gotten on the scale and you felt like you were doing a really great job, but then the scale stays the same? Or maybe the scale goes up a few pounds and it's, oh no, something has gone terribly wrong. And we go right back into the freak out mode. And now your self-love, praise, and validation is conditional based on the number on the scale. And similar to where I was, you will always be at the mercy of your results if that's what you let drive your self-talk, self-belief, and self-confidence. It doesn't work to say, well, give me the results first and then I'll believe. We have it backwards. We have to start with belief. We have to start with self-love. We have to start with a simple process in order to create the lasting results that we want. It's just a thought error. We just get it mixed up. We think, well, give me the results and then I'll believe. Prove it, right? There's a lot of prove it to me. Show me. And that's when I'll believe. And that's not how it actually works. Not only do we make our belief conditional on our results, but then we make our action and our commitment conditional. I'll believe, but only if I drop 20 pounds in two months. I'll believe, but only after I prove it to myself. I'll keep taking action, but only as long as I keep getting this result. The moment the scale doesn't cooperate the way that you think it should, your belief and commitment and continued action start to decline. So when we're looking to lose weight, a lot of times all we're really searching for is a feeling. You want to feel better in your body and better about yourself. You want to think better about your body and better about yourself. And you mistakenly think that the circumstance of a smaller body will change the way you think about you. But a smaller body doesn't fix a broken self-concept. You think that the smaller body is going to eliminate all the negative emotions, all the negative thoughts, and it doesn't. You think that I have to have the results first, and then I can feel the way I want to feel. Once I have the weight loss, then I can feel this way. Then I can think these things about me. But I can't do that. I can't get there until I have the weight loss first, which of course means we are going to have a lot of pressure because right now we're living in a lot of shitty thoughts and emotions. We're living in a lot of shame and judgment and criticism. And rather than looking at how do I want to think and feel after I've lost the weight and start to live there now, how do I start to implement that and think that and feel that now? We keep thinking that it's on the other side. I have to earn it first. I have to earn it with the weight loss. And so you go to war with food and you go to war with your body in order to lose the weight. And then you have to stay there because you're terrified of regaining the weight. So you have to maintain that war. 
You don't want to go back to hating yourself or your body. You don't want to have to go back to enduring all the shame and criticism all over again. So you have to keep doing that. It's a nightmare. It's a punishment. It's shame and restriction to get there. And then that's how you keep it off. And because that's not how we want to live the rest of our lives, we inevitably gain the weight back. It makes so much sense, right? Of course we're going to gain it back. That's not sustainable. It's not what we want to do. Thinking that way about ourselves the whole time, like for the rest of our lives, sounds miserable. So your belief in yourself and your ability to achieve something new can't come from your results. Your belief is set ahead of time. Your belief is what's required in order to get the results you want. And this is the hardest part. This is the real work. When I talk about work, I'm not talking about running miles or doing burpees. The work is believing in yourself before you have the results. It's continuing to believe even when you feel like the timeline is off. It's not happening fast enough. I should be further along by now. And it's hard because, again, when we think back to our habit brain, your habit brain is just trying to keep you safe. It's very unsafe to believe in something when you don't yet have the proof or evidence for it yet. That feels really unsafe. And so your brain's not going to like it. It's not going to want to keep believing when you don't have evidence. It's not going to want to keep believing when you now have counter evidence. When all your evidence shows that you can lose the weight, but you can't keep it off, your brain is going to want to keep reminding you about that because it's trying to protect you. It's very unsafe to do anything that you've never done before. And there are going to be some areas of life that we have a harder time with than others. So believing before you have evidence to prove it is some of the hardest work that you will ever do. This is the challenge, is to keep believing, to keep going. And that's why it is so helpful to have a coach. This is why I believe so much in coaching. And this is where I come in. Because it's not just about creating a plan. You can get all kinds of free plans online, right? There's an unlimited amount of plans out there. But the value of a coach and what I can do for you is, number one, to create a plan that works for your body and your lifestyle to where you can lose the weight and keep it off for life. Number two is to have someone who can help you troubleshoot the plan and navigate when you're not taking action or following through on your commitments without shame or judgment and helping you get to the root of the issue. Because making the plan is different than following through on your plan. A lot of times we mistakenly think that, oh, if I set my alarm in the morning, it's the same thing as actually getting up and doing the workout. Or that making my food plan is actually the same thing as eating the food that I plan to eat. They're two separate things. We can make the plan, but then there's following the plan. A lot of times we know what to do. I was actually just doing a workshop a couple weeks ago where I asked everyone in the room, look, we don't need more information. I'm going to prove that to you right here. What does it look like to be healthy? And then we looked at, okay, now what are you actually doing? So the issue is not that they didn't know what to do. They knew exactly what healthy looked like. The problem was they didn't want to do it. The problem was how they were thinking about it. It was the obstacles and the challenges that they saw around Time, money, energy, what was required, what was at stake. There were all these other things that were holding them back from actually following through on what they knew to be helpful. I worked with a client a couple years ago who would make her lunch each day and take it to work, and then she would never eat it. She would always go to the food truck down the street, or she would get fast food with a colleague in the office. She had the best of plans. She had the best of intentions every morning. But when it came time to lunch, because she was not managing her thoughts and managing her mind, her healthy salad with grilled chicken. Sounded terrible. She didn't want that. No. Give me the mac and cheese with lobster in it. <laughs> or give me, give me the comfort food. Give me the quick food, the fast food. Give me something that's going to make me feel better. Just having the, the healthy food there doesn't mean you're actually going to eat it. And this is where I come in to help you 
troubleshoot why you're not taking action. Why are you not following through on your commitments and doing it from a place of compassion and curiosity and self-love? And then number three, having someone to hold space and believe in you when your belief wavers, because it's going to happen with all of us. This is 100% normal is that your belief will be shaky at some point. That's okay. There will be days when you'll need to borrow my belief in you. This is your habit brain protecting you. It's keeping you safe from the threat of negative emotions. It's simply trying to avoid disappointment, shame, judgment, criticism. And so I'll help you step back into belief to detox your brain of all your negative thoughts and to feel certain and committed moving forward. So not only will I help you craft a weight loss plan that's fun, easy, doable, and will create the long-term results that you want to be able to lose the weight and keep it off, but I'll help you bring this plan to life. I'll help keep you on track, walk with you side by side, and hold your hand through the hardest parts so that your results become 100% inevitable. Whether you want to lose 10 pounds before summer or 30 pounds before the holidays, I'm here to guide you every step of the way. Through the vacations, the travel, the changing jobs or changing houses, losing friends or family members, experiencing all of life's emotions, I'll be right by your side the entire time. You can schedule your free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. It's time to bring this plan to life. It's time to understand and decode your cravings, decode your urges. It's time to end your emotional eating and to feel in control around food, to feel ease and peace around food, to not feel like you need it at the end of the night in order to relax or unwind. These are the types of things I do with clients all the time and I'll show you how to. All right, I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Here is to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.